evaluating your situation, your circumstances, what you need to be able to quit, how much risk you're willing to take, because that's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter how much money you're making in land when you quit your job. It is a risk quitting your job. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey everyone, this is episode 151 of the Real Estate Investing Podcast discussing the reality of becoming a full-time land investor. I'm your host, Daniel Apke, joined again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Before we get into the show, let's go over a question from one of our featured Discord members. Today's question is from George. George asked, I've been in your program for six months and I've sent about 30,000 mailers. So far, I've gotten seven deals and I have two more in escrow. What could I do to get a better yield rate with my mailers? Interesting. Uh, so nine deals, 30,000 mailers. So we're a little over 3,000, 3,300 mailers per deal or George's. Um, I mean, trying to think, Dan, and it's just over time. Like, I'd be interested to see what your last 15, like, did you get less deals your first 10? Uh, like, you should be around 2,000, 2,500 mailers per deal. Uh, but that being said, like, you're making some good money, George. If you're doing things how we're teaching and getting size deals that we teach, um, you've probably, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, $180,000. If you're making 20,000 a deal, you've had 15, 16, $20,000 in expenses for mail. So you're killing it. And that's what we always tell people, Dan, is like, yeah, we get a deal for every 22, 2300 mailers. Most students do. And that's going to change over time in terms of your efficiency is going to get better as you get better at mailing, as you more aggressive with pricing. Um, but if you've done that, George, like, I have a hard time telling him to change anything. Like you can evaluate your sales strategy, but other than that, like keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Keep working. Like the, the easiest way to up that conversion and that yield is to get better at negotiations that, that can, you know, you, if you get one more deal run out of that and it becomes 10 deals instead, yeah, then it goes to 3000, you get 11 deals and it goes to, you know, you start getting in that range that we're talking about. So it's just really like, it's it's a big sample size, 30,000, but it's not huge. So I would keep doing what you're doing. You're still making money. Maybe consider adding texting follow-ups with your mail if you want to get more yeah. people on the phones and more potential deals. Text follow-ups. So you sent the you sent the mail and you're texting the follow-up, you know, a couple weeks after that hits before their expiration date. But that's a good answer, Ron. Other than that, let's get into today's show. We're talking about the reality of becoming a full-time land investors. And Ron, full-time entrepreneurship's hard, although there's there's a ton of pros on it, like you don't need to report to a boss and we make more money than I could probably make in corporate America. The freedom is great. We always preach the freedom. But the cons are, and some would take this as a con, some won't, but the risk in the company lies on your shoulders. And that's kind of the reality of it, Ron. Yeah, I think this didn't really hit me, Dan, like fully like we obviously went so hard into land and we believed in it so much and it worked out for us. Um, it doesn't really, it didn't really hit me fully until like you start hiring them and you start having three people who you're responsible for. And then you're responsible for five. Then you're responsible for 10 people. And oh, those eight of those 10 people have a family. So you're responsible for 24 people or whatever it is in terms of putting food on the table, putting a house over their head um, where you're not 
the, the company going out of business, the company failing, whatever it is, affects a significant amount of people more than just your employees. And that's when it kind of hit me, Dan, in terms of like, okay, like we got to keep on working our systems. We got to make sure we're profitable. We got to analyze this, analyze that. Um, that's, that's like, not, it's not a con because I like that responsibility. I like having that. It drives me every day, I think. Um, but uh, that is part of it that will not necessarily keep you up at night, but it's going to be in the back of your head, I think. And you have a lot more overhead on a weekly basis. Exactly. And, and even if you don't have employees, so that's when it hit you. Some people it hits, you know, maybe they quit their job and they're like, wow, now my own life's on my own shoulders. I don't have any employees. I'm making good money. I quit my job for land investing. Maybe it hits you then it can hit you in different ways, but you know, the fact is there's going to be a little bit of pressure on you. You can mitigate some pressure and risk by keeping your expenses low. If you don't want to scale, if you don't really care as much about scaling, keeping your expenses low, not hiring W2 employees, there's safe, safer, less riskier ways to do it. But then the upsides are much, much less versus hiring and outsourcing and scaling and building systems like Ron's talking. And then your upside becomes infinite. When you're just working by yourself and limiting those expenses, Ron, and scared to put it back in, then your upside of the business model can, you know, is really, really small. But real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this. So the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you can rate, review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. What does it take? That's what I kind of wanted to get into, Ron. What does it take to become a successful entrepreneur, to become a successful land investor? Yeah, I mean, I, you you cannot be adverse to risk because doing this and quitting a job and becoming a full-time land investor, fully responsible for yourself, um, whether it's any entrepreneurship thing either, really, Dan, like you need to be able to take some risk. Like that alone is taking risk. Um, but with the risk, there's a ton of upside. Um, so I think people just who aren't necessarily scared, um, who believe in the process, who are willing to work hard and make it happen, um, and then kind of just along the way, Dan, like, I think if you're just like set in your own ways and not willing to adjust, like maybe the business works for 12 months, 24 months for you, and then you refuse to adjust with the market with, with whatever it is and something can go wrong you can end up failing whatever it is but um i think the main thing is just being willing to take on that risk though yeah absolutely and and you're willing to take on that risk through really like perseverance and determination around like you know your end goal you have your end goal in mind you know what you want and what you want that reward is greater than the risk of getting there in my mind and that's that determination and keeping that in your mind is key to, like Ron said, facing the facing your fear and facing that risk head on because you know what you want. You know you want to get out of your job. You know you want to retire early or whatever your your freedom and purpose really is. I think that's one of the big keys, Ron, is understanding what you want. And that reward of being able to quit your job outweighs any risk of potentially getting there. And I think that's where the gap really is and how you have to keep your mind on it. And it's not for everyone. There are people who are going to stay in their nine to five jobs and do this as a side hustle around forever, which is completely fine. We're talking, what does it take this title of this podcast around? What does it take to be a full-time entrepreneur? So we're going to talk more about 
those who are looking to get out or are kind of on that journey, Ron? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the, like nothing's wrong with wanting to do this on the side and you love your job and you can make a couple hundred thousand dollars on this, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars with your day job. You're really happy. You can retire early. You can whatever it is um, like that's still going to give you a ton of freedom. But like the freedom people look for an entrepreneurship, like being able to wake up and do what you want with your day and not have to rely on other people. Um, it, it's a freeing thing. Like, you know, it's like an intoxicating thing. That is my biggest fear in life is having to work for someone else. Like, I don't think there's anything else like that isn't like crazy drastic in my life. Like in terms of like what that could really like having to work for someone else is a huge, huge fear. And that's a huge, huge, huge driver for me and everything I do. I assume it's similar to you. Yeah, I don't think I'd hopefully ever let it get there. But I heard someone talking the other day, I think it was on Instagram or an Instagram reel or something. And they said how when an entrepreneur, a full-time entrepreneur who's been doing it a while meets another full-time entrepreneur who's been doing it a while and they both have businesses they've built from ground up, putting in 80 hours a week, seeing all the ups and downs. He's like, it's a, he, his point was it, it's an automatic connection because it's like, oh, you get it. And I saw that over the weekend, Ron, and I was like, that's, that's funny because anytime I, I talk to someone who's a full-time entrepreneur, started a business and hear about their journey, they get it. They understand the journey and the grind and the ups and downs. It's just like an automatic connection. And that connection wouldn't be there if it wasn't a grind and if it didn't take grit because it's like, I'm not going to say I respect them more, but you, they, they understand what it takes. You understand what it takes. You guys just bond at a different level, I think, when I talk to people that have taken something from zero to $10 million or whatever that is. It's like, oh, they get it. They get what it takes. And it just creates that bonding atmosphere around. And that's literally because there are so many ups and downs in entrepreneurship. There are so many scary times. There's a lot of good times as well. There's a lot of hard conversations it takes. And that's just the reality of it. When you when you meet a very successful entrepreneur, you know they've been through that type of stuff and that, the, that grind run. Yeah, I think when you look back, like after you've done it long enough, like you almost like forget all those things. And then like you see someone else trying to do it and like you remember, it brings you back almost when you see someone else like who's at that zero to six month period of working for themselves. And like, it's a whole different grind than it is 24 to 30, whatever it is. And there's different stages of entrepreneurship and building your businesses. Um, but yeah, those like, it, it definitely is an instant connection. I think like you're saying with people who are also solely responsible, like their business is solely responsible for their income. Like that's how they make their money. They don't go to a job. Um, and, and then it is like a connection thing like you're talking about. Yeah. And like we said too, like there are levels to it. Obviously if someone with a hundred or a thousand employees is going to be at another level than if you're just responsible for yourself. But that being said, the stress levels and the difficulties can be the same. Like you're going to have just as many ups and downs. They're just different kind of extremes of it. But as you work your way up and hire your first employee, get over that hump. Then you hire five employees and 10 employees and you start like the the stress and the difficulty is always going to be there. It just kind of evolves in a different way. Those smaller problems aren't really a stressor to you anymore like they once were, but you have different stressors now, like you said, like paying for 24 people's payroll or whatever that situation is. Or, you know, if you need to lay people off, like that's the reality. You're in business, in a sustainable business model, you're going to be in it 30, 40 years. There's a, probably at some point going to be some type of layoffs. And that's just the reality of it, or just those hard conversations that we're, we're facing. And that's, whether you're a one person job, one person company or a hundred person company, like those things are going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, it's 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 part of the game. Um, no matter what, whether you're in land investing, whether you're in IT, what IT running an IT business, whatever the business is, like you're gonna have those same things, entrepreneurial things, business things that you run into on a daily, weekly, yearly basis, or whatever it is. Let's talk about becoming a full-time land investor and what that kind of takes from a time perspective, consistency perspective on, you know, how long, how much they need to invest and what, what that journey kind of looks like. We can touch on that a bit. Yeah. And that's the thing about land, Dan, like you don't have to work. Like the reality is like, if you want to do this by yourself, you want to quit your job, you want to make $200,000 a year, whatever it is, you do not have to do this 40 hours a week. Um, it's just the, like, you do not have to do this 40 hours a week. It's very realistic to do it unless. Um, but that being said, like, while you're doing land, if you're doing land with a full-time job, you want your land income. Like, you don't want to just randomly get up and quit your job. Like, that stable income is very, very helpful for building your land business. You want to do them side-by-side side at first, kind of like what you did with drop shipping, Dan. Like, you were doing side-by-side. Side. You started land, and then you quit your job. And then it was just like, just land, you sold your drop shipping business. Like you do not want to just like, okay, I have a little momentum with land. Let's get up and quit my job. Keep that going. And then like, once you surpass your income with land, then that might be a time to uh, take that step forward, that leap to uh, being full-time. Exactly. And everyone's situation is a little different. Maybe you have $100,000 saved up and you can quit right now. Maybe you have no money saved up in a steady job and you need it to be able to get your land investing business off the ground. Everyone's situation is a little bit different. Maybe you live in your parents' basement and have zero expenses versus maybe you have a family of 10. So obviously the family of 10, he's not going to be able to quit his job as early as the person who lives in their parents' basement with those zero expenses. So we're just kind of generalizing things here, Ron, but every everything's dependent on your actual situation and your risk profile. Some people like to take more risk than others, which is completely okay, but you want to balance it because like Ron's saying, you can use that insurance money. You'll need insurance, right? When you quit your job, you can use that saved insurance money and that income and everything else to invest $2,000 a month, $1,000 a month into your land investing business run. And that's what it's all about. Setting money aside to invest in your business, building that business up as quick as quickly as possible to make a good amount of money to where you're making double, triple, quadruple what you are at your W2. And then it's just like, why do I still have this W2? I'm barely making money compared to what I'm doing in land run. Yeah, I I, th I think that's the way to do it. Obviously, like Daniel said, excuse me, you need to evaluate your situation. Like you got to understand one coming into land, like you got to know, like, this is my goal to leave my job within X. Like I got to make this happen. I got to do this. And then like having that set in stone, I think is really important. Um, but like you said, Dan, I think evaluating your situation, your circumstances, what you need to be able to quit, how much risk you're willing to take because that's the biggest thing that it doesn't matter how much money you're making in land when you quit your job it is a risk quitting your job like it does not matter um like there is risk involved in quitting your job no matter what because that is your stable income um and you could be forexing your and forexing your w-2 job and you're still not comfortable with it because there is risk involved um because it changes the whole responsibility aspect of everything yeah, all of a sudden, all the weight's on your shoulders. Maybe you don't want that. Maybe you wanted to be free and just do this and make side money. And you don't want to quit your job because now you have to support yourself. And that's just a, men a mental barrier you'd have to overcome. So everyone's situation is different, Ron. But like, let's talk a little bit time frame, Ron. Like, what, what do you think? Like, after 
full force going in day one, sending five to eight thousand mailers a month run. When when do you think it's a reasonable amount of time to be able to actually quit your job? I understand you're gonna be able to make money month four, five, six, seven, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're going to be able to quit your job necessarily because you want to reinvest those profits back in and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you obviously need to be able to pay yourself if you're in that situation. I think 12 months is very, very realistic. Um, I'll be interested to see what or hear what you have to say, but I think 12 months is a very realistic time frame. If you take everything serious, you push your education, you send mail, consistently send mail, and like you got to grind for those 12 months work. This is two jobs now. You have your W-2 job and you have land. Like you're trying to turn land into your thing, into your W-2, into your full-time gig. Um, you need to treat it as two jobs. Like you need to work nine to five, your W-2, five to nine land, and keep on doing that for 12 months and you will make it happen. I have no doubt in it. Yeah, 12 months, plenty, plenty of time if you're dedicated to it. And our last business, our last podcast was on doubling your business, Ron. So listen to that podcast if you guys haven't, because there's a lot of good tips on there and how to double your land business through higher offers, getting buying higher properties, taking more advantage of your leads, getting more leads. We talk a lot about that, Ron, but 12 months, I mean, that gives you a lot of time to turn your profit, reinvest your profit, take money out, pay yourself, all that stuff. I think 12 months is, is plenty of time. If I was if I was to start all over and we're right now end of April, 2023, yeah, by early, early next year, I'd feel very confident that I could get there. It doesn't take long to replace your income. Like it really doesn't. Most people are making whatever. I, I don't want to uh, put people into a shout, but uh, most people are making whatever, 80 to $150,000 to replace that. It does not take that long in land. It doesn't take that many deals. It takes six, eight, 10 deals max. Yeah. And that's probably on the higher end. 150 is a lot. But I think that's like in the top I'd imagine 150 is in the top 5%. 80 is probably a lot of people are making 80 and up, but I think the what's the average now? Like 60? I have no 65? clue. Honestly. I would guess, yeah, 60 to 70. I think people who come in with us like are probably making a little more, maybe, but they're trying to get out of there looking to replace that. But yeah, 60. And it 70, always depends on your age as well, obviously. But yeah, absolutely. That's all I have. You have anything else to add, Ron? No, I think this is really good. Like, it's a realistic thing, guys. Like, you need to treat it like a business, you got to respect it like a business. Um, and if you're trying to do this full time, like, and you're trying to get out of your W2, like treat it like that. And it, it's more than possible within, like Daniel said, 12 months is a really, really long time. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple podcast. It really helps our business grow and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining and we'll see you next episode. Thanks guys.